Okay, so we're in week two of this series, which is called Summer Playlist. And last week we talked about the most uh, well-known verses in Psalms, which is Psalm 23. Because the point of a summer playlist is kind of uh, an easy list you have to listen to the songs that you love. Listen to songs that you're comfortable with. Listen to songs that make you happy. Songs that when you're sad, you want to listen to. Um, songs that drown out your parents. Like songs that drown out your coaches. Like things like that. And, and so that's what, what all that is to, to you. Uh, and, and so we talked about how David wrote the Psalms as like a prayer journal to uh, God saying, God, you know, I'm really happy today. Thank you. Or I'm really sad today. What's going on? Or why did you do this? Uh, what's going to happen? And last week in Psalm 23, we talked about how he's basically on the run for his life. And so he's trying to to tell people about God and at the same time reminding himself, hey, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God's with me. He's going to protect me. And sometimes we have to say stuff like that over and over again, uh, not because we don't believe it, but because we need to hear it over and over again. Um, one of the amazing things about prayer is it's absolutely to communicate with God, to talk to him like you would your best friend, but it's also to help you get that stuff out because otherwise we hold it all in. And so when you talk to God, you just talk to God. A lot of people uh, get real scared about prayer. And so it's like, man, how do I do this? Like somebody, when, when the adults pray, like they sound so amazing. And like in church, Pastor Tim, he, he, he has like these prayers that, that really bring everything in and he remembers everybody's prayer requests and he knows everything. And, and that's cool and it's good. Uh, but like when you're praying to God on your own, just talk to him. Like you don't have to have this fancy, crazy prayer. Like you just say, God, you know, today really sucked and I don't know how to get through it. And that's what Psalms are about. And we talked about Proverbs, how it's, it's if you let him, if you ask him, he'll direct your paths. And I talked about my life and how uh, to become a pastor, uh, I had to go through a lot of different things. And I went through a long time of depression um, because I didn't know what to do with my life and I didn't know what was happening and I felt alone and all of these things. And, and God led me through that. And I still struggle with some of that stuff, but God continues to lead me because I continue to let him direct my paths. That does not mean that I'm perfect because I am not. Uh, none of the adults here will tell you that, that they are perfect either, but they can tell you that if you keep going to God, he will direct you. Uh, it may be confusing sometimes. You may not know what's happening sometimes, but he will direct you. He will help you. Uh, he will always be with you. This week we're talking uh, about... Uh, continuing in Psalms, we're going to talk about Psalm 51, which is the Psalm David wrote after he got called out for his sins. So just a quick view at David's life, and we talked about it before. Uh, he was a man after God's own heart. Like over and over again, he was called a man after God's own heart. Um, it, it's very much like being the the essentially like the most Christian person alive or the most God-following person alive, people would be like, wow, David, he is legit. Like, he truly knows who God is. And so he was always called that, and he always lived up to it. Uh, when he went up against Goliath, he wasn't like, oh, I can do this. He's like, God can do this. And so when he killed Goliath, uh, he did it without armor. He did it without anything but a sling and a stone, and he did it with God. And as soon as it was over, he, he said, like, hey, God did this, and that's who David was. Well, as he became king, he continued to follow God, but then he got in trouble because he was tempted. And let me tell you this, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. Temptation itself is not a sin. Every single person feels temptation. Every single person feels doubt. Every single person goes through a period of, of something, whether it's days, weeks, months, something, where it's like, I don't know what's happening, or I feel really tempted to do this, or I, I feel really bad about this, something. And so David felt that, but he gave into it. And so he saw Bathsheba uh, taking a bath 
ironically, across the on the roof because that's what you do. And, and so he's like, hey, you know, who is this lady? Um, and so his people were like, oh, that's Uriah's wife. Now, up until that point, he hadn't really done anything wrong. Like he felt tempted, but he's like, hey, who is it? Uh, I, I want to go give her my digits and I want to talk to her. And, you know, she might be like new phone who dis, but all that. And, and so he he's like, until that point, he's just kind of checking things out. And then they say, well, she's married. Now, at this point, a God follower, a good person, somebody who's trying to do what's right, should be like, oh, well, okay. Uh, oh, well, too bad. There's other fish in the sea or whatever. And, and so he's the king. I mean, he, you know, he's the king. A, a, instead, he's like, eh, you know what? I'm the king. I'm really cool. Everybody talks about how amazing I am. I killed Goliath. I can do what I want. God needs me. And so he started to think like that. And so he went and he hooked up with her. And so he hooked up with her and she got pregnant. And then he called her husband back and, and he's like, hey, uh, go home. You know, I know everybody else is at war, but I want you to go home. Because he was trying to cover up the crime, crying, trying to cover up the sin. Uh, but Uriah wouldn't. And so over and over again, he tried. And finally, he's like, okay, man, I tried to do the right thing, except not really. And, and so I'm going to have... Uh, the generals pull back, so Uriah dies. He committed murder. Now, he didn't do it with his own hands. He didn't take a sword and stab Uriah, but he had everyone in his command pull back so that Uriah was alone at the front lines to die. Now, think about that, because we talk about David, and I'm going to talk about David, and we talk about Bathsheba, and we talk about, like, everything that happened there, but think about that moment if you're Uriah. Like, you have done nothing wrong. You don't know anything that's happened with your wife. You don't know anything that's happened with your king. You're fighting for your country. You're fighting for your God, and you are standing there, and all of a sudden, everybody around you pulls back, and you're alone. And just imagine what is going through his mind there. So we absolutely talk about David committing murder, but... In a way, like what he did to Uriah there is even worse than murder. He made him feel betrayed. He made him feel alone. He hurt him in so many ways. And so this is a man who was giving his life for his king. And, and so as he's standing there, he dies. And then, you know, David's like, hey, it's good. Like, I'm going to marry Bathsheba and be like, oh, I'm the good guy. Like, her husband's dead, and so I'm going to marry her. And so he does. And then so Nathan the prophet comes in. Uh, and so he basically tells him a story. And he's like, hey, you know, let me tell you about this guy who took a, a rich man who took a poor man's sheep. And it was a sheep that he loved so much and it mattered to him. And it's all he had. Because, you know, when you want to make somebody understand, you talk about sheep. Because that's what we understand more than anything else. And, and so it's like the, the guy, the poor guy slept with the sheep and, and like loved it. And it was like a pet to him. And, and you know, it's, again, like we all understand. We all have sheep at home. And, and so he... he tells David the story and he's like and then the rich man took it even though he had flocks and flocks of sheep and he could do whatever he want and he could buy sheep and he could sell sheep and he could do he could have asked this guy but but instead he took it and David's like oh we got to get this guy because David doesn't understand stories apparently uh it's like watching a movie and you're like oh we got to go get Thanos it's like calm down it's a CGI creation but anyway uh and also he was cool but um and so uh David is like we got to get this guy and Nathan's like it's you and so he, he calls him out. And David, to his credit at this point, he had lied, he had murdered, he had stolen, he had covered up, he had betrayed, he had done so many bad things. He had basically taken the Ten Commandments and thrown a dart at them to see which one he was going to break that day. And like he was legit, this is a man after God's own heart, falling and falling and falling, sinning and lying and covering it up, doing so many bad things over and over again. A man who people looked up to, a man who could ha have been a hero to everyone and was a hero to everyone, and he covered it up. And so to his credit, when Nathan calls him out, he's like, oh, oh, man, 
what have I done? And he gets it. There are going to be times in your life where you are like David. Now, hopefully not with murder and all that other stuff, but where you mess up, where you do the wrong thing, where you say the wrong thing, where you disobey your parents, where, where you argue, where you stay out after curfew, something. Now, I'm not telling you to do those things. By me saying there's going to come a time where you do that, don't go home and be like, hey, Jeff said I'm allowed to do this because there's going to be a time. That's not how it works. You do your best to do your best, but there will be a time because you're not perfect. And the adults and me, we will tell you, you're not perfect. You're going to screw up no matter how hard you try. Keep trying. Keep trying hard. Do your best not to. But when you do, you're going to have a choice. You're going to be able to say, eh, whatever. It is what it is. YOLO. Like, it's, you know, all this stuff. And, and it's like, hashtag YOLO. That's better. And, and it's like, I'm going to do what I want. Uh, I'm so cool. Like, whatever. I can do, I've learned that I can get away with everything. And you just go on. You keep denying it. You keep saying, whatever. I, I do what I want. And that's like your motto from then on. Or you can be like David in this case, who did awful things. And you can say, oh, man, I let people down. And I let God down. And I sinned. And so this is his psalm. Uh, where he is talking to God after he did the worst things imaginable. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Uh, Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. So this is the start. This is the beginning, and we're going to go through each part of this. Basically, what David is saying is, I screwed up big. And he's not saying, but she shouldn't have been over there, or Uriah should have called me out, or somebody should have stopped me, or I can't believe that they let me do this. He said, I did this. Now, that is the first step in repentance. It's the first step in getting right and, and making amends. Uh, even if it's not something you did against God, just where you like you hurt somebody, and, and, or you have a friendship that's kind of fallen apart, or you get in an argument with your parents, something. The first step is to be willing to admit, I messed up. Now, everybody, and again, if you watch politics, you watch athletes, celebrities, anything, you're going to see excuse after excuse after excuse. Uh, In baseball, there are a lot of players who get uh, in trouble for steroids. Every single one of them is like, I didn't know that happened. Like, I had no idea what was in that needle that I was injecting every week. I had no idea that, that a growth hormone was illegal. Like, what? I didn't know that. Now, meanwhile, everybody knows you know what you take. Like, you know what your medicine is. You know what, what you're putting into your body. But they'll do that. Uh, NBA, uh, NFL, like, whatever. Uh, if they tweet something that's stupid or they say something that's a lie, the next thing out of their mouth is, my account was hacked. Like my account was hacked. And you can try that with your parents. Like, you, again, you, you say something, you shouldn't be like, oh, my, I was hacked. Like, I didn't mean to say that. Like, that was an accident. That wasn't really me. Somebody took my phone. Oh, I would have called you and said I was going to be late, but my phone died. Yeah, uh, your phone's never really dead. Your parents know that. Uh, and, so, and so it's legit. And so that's, that's what David is, is not doing here. He is saying, I did it. Like, I messed up. I gave in to temptation, and I sinned. God, thank you for for not killing me right now. Like, God, I sinned against you, and I messed up, and it's going to take me a while to get over this guilt. He is saying all the right things because he believes that. Now, again, like I said, in the world today, it's very much like excuse, excuse, excuse. Make excuses. Uh, Say it's somebody else's fault. And people do that. 
but we're not like that. We shouldn't be like that. So David is, again, he did the worst things imaginable, but he is getting it. He was called out, and instead of going back and being like, Nathan, you suck. Yeah, well, what have you done? Uh Oh, yeah, well, my sins are no different than your sins, and all that stuff that people say, only God can judge me, all this stuff. He said, oh, you're right. He didn't say, this person over here did worse. He didn't say, well, that person over there, they were speeding faster than me or whatever. Or that person, uh, I, I may have cheated a little bit, but they cheated way more. They copied their whole paper. No. He said, I did this. Whatever anybody else did, that's on them. I did this. I messed up. And he says that to God. And he says this in a prayer journal. And that's how we pray. When you mess up, you go to God and you say, God, I messed up. And he is never going to be like, well, that's your third mess up. You're out. He, he's, he's not. He's going to be like, okay, what are you going to do now? And so that's where we get with David. The next part. Uh, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. So when I was in college a long time ago, when things were made out of stone and dinosaurs were everywhere, uh, I had a Shakespeare class because Shakespeare rules, and I know no one else in here thinks that, but it does. And so uh, in each week in the Shakespeare class, uh, we like the professor would hand out like something from a play or something from a poem, uh, and it's Shakespeare. It's like King James English. Uh, it's like thou shalt not, or I'm not going to quote Shakespeare for you, but anyway, uh, I can unfortunately. But it's like, and so I was always really good at translating that. Now I say that not to brag because it's really not a brag when you talk about translating Shakespeare, but. I say it because basically what David is saying here, and this is what's important when you look at Psalms, when you look at how, how people talk, the heart of what David is saying here is, again, God, I, I'm sad because I suck and I messed up big. Help me to be an example. Uh, help me to, to be able to teach other people f from what I did. One of the wisest things you can do in your life is to learn from someone else's mistakes. Now, a lot of people say you got to make your own mistakes and you're going to make mistakes, but you don't, if you go out intending to make mistakes, that's stupid. Like just straight up, that's stupid. Now, if you understand I'm going to make mistakes and if I mess up, I can go to God. That's true. But if you go out and you're like, I'm going to go do whatever I want and then I'll ask for forgiveness, you're going to mess your life up. And eventually you're going to stop asking for forgiveness because your heart's messed up. And so David is saying, man, Help me to teach other people. Help me to tell other people what I did. Help me to be an example to other people. I talked about in college how I went through this hard time of depression. Uh, we've actually, the escape series is coming up on Sunday mornings, and I get to preach the depression message. And it's still hard for me to talk about, but it's amazing how often, because I went through that, I'm able to talk about that with other people who are dealing with similar things, because I want my life to be an example. And so David, in this way, is able to say, hey, Learn from my mess, mess up. Learn from my bad choices. And so do that. When you have friends that are doing stupid things, don't go join them so you can figure it out. You don't need to, to be just like somebody who's jumping off the bridge into like a cup of water to, to win some medal. I don't know what that even means. Uh, like you don't have to go do stupid stuff to be like everybody else. Be like, wow, that was really stupid. Uh, I went to Ball State as undergrad. It's not a Christian school. It's very much not a Christian school. Uh, for me... I was able to see how people lived and see how people partied and see how 
people just turned away from God and from everything that we've learned. And, and I was like, that looks stupid. Now, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm going to go do it because it's college. You got to be like college. You got to be like the movies, like Seth Rogen and all this stuff. You got to do this stuff. I almost fell again. You got to do this stuff now while you're young. Well, no, you don't. You, you have to do what you feel is right, and you have to live your best life. And so I was able to see people doing that, and I learned from their example. I was like, I'm not going to do that. And so I didn't, and my life is just fine. Uh, and so David is saying, like, man, I'm real sad now. When you feel guilty because you did something wrong, that's not a bad thing. It means that you still have morals and you understand you did something wrong. And so David is saying, I feel guilty. Help me to make this into something. When you mess up, absolutely ask for forgiveness. Tell God that you messed up. Tell whoever you messed up to that you messed up. But then also be willing to be that example and be like, hey, I'm not perfect and this is what I did and this is how I've learned. And I, you know, do you want to talk? Like be that person. And that's what David is trying to do. He's like, bring me back my joy. Help me to, to feel you. Help me to show you to everybody. The last part, you do not desire a sacrifice or I'd offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and re repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, then you will be pleased with sacrifice offered in the right spirit with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Now, this is not saying go and find a bull and sacrifice it because don't. Uh, and if it's a Chicago Bull, that's murder. So that's then you're in a whole different thing. And so uh, always good when like two people laugh. But uh, so David here is saying, God, man, everything sucks right now. It's it, fine. God, everything everything sucks right now, and I messed up so bad. Uh, and I know that nothing I do makes up for what I did. But I'm going to continue to go forward. But what he says that is so important is he said, God. You're going to forgive me because I'm asking you and you love me. There is nothing in your life that you have ever done, nothing in your life that you will ever do, nothing in your life that anyone will ever do, that if you go to God and say, God, I'm sorry, and you mean it, it's forgiven. There is no time in your life that God will say, you've messed up too many times, or I don't love you anymore. He will always love you. And so David is saying that. He's saying, you accept broken people because we're all broken people. You accept people who repent because when we repent, we're legit. And so that's what David is saying, and that's so important to his story. That is the most important to his story. It's not that he messed up. It's not even that he said, uh, you know, I, I did it. That's all good, and it's important. But when he says God will always accept your apologies, that's true. There are a lot of people who will eventually give up on people. Like I, in my life, I've had people say, you're too sad all the time. You're, you're not cool enough. Like whatever. Uh, your book didn't sell enough copies and we don't want to talk to you because you know, that's how people judge. And so it, it's like that's how, how things work in life. But with God, he's never going to give up on you. There is never a point where he will give up on you. You can think of the worst person in the world, in the history of the world. And if they truly go to God, and I mean truly, like not just go through the motions. If they say, God, I get it now. I have screwed up and I've done awful things and I've done evil things. Please forgive me. He will forgive them. Now, it's also important to note there are still consequences to what you do. Uh, if you do something like let's say that that you, you get arrested for going way over the speed limit, like way, way, like 150 miles an hour, like Rob was doing earlier, and you're going super fast and you get arrested for reckless driving, and, and they're like, dude, you've got like three puppies in the car that are, are just flying all around. What are you doing? You're going to jail. And, and like Rob is like, God, I messed up big. I'm so sorry. I, I, I hate that the puppies all have concussions and that my car is impounded and that I ran over a sheep. Like this is the worst day ever. 
please forgive me. And he goes to God. He, it was the poor man's sheep too. He goes to God. He goes to God and he's like, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please, please forgive me. God will absolutely forgive him. Now the police officer is not going to say, oh, you're a Christian. You, you did the right thing. You're good. He's going to say, you're still going to jail, dude. Like, there's still consequences. David still had to pay consequences for what he did, but God forgave him, and so he was good. But that's how life is. When you sin, when you screw up, there will be real consequences, but God will always forgive you, and he'll always help you to deal with those. He will always help you to deal with your life. Uh, and that takes us to Proverbs. Uh, this is Proverbs 28, 13 through 14. Uh, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who fear to do wrong, but the stubborn are headed for serious trouble. So you can immediately look at these and be like, that, that's not actually true. If you look at the world, like people conceal their sins all the time. People conceal their tax records. People conceal how they cheat. Uh, I know this kid who, who does do steroids and he's amazing and he never gets caught or, or Barry Bonds or something like you'll, you'll point out something that somebody does. And it's like, man, well, Kobe went and got new blood and like LeBron cheats all the time, like something you can be like, they conceal and, and they get away with it for a while. It's always short term. Now, it sucks sometimes when you see somebody in politics or celebrity or life, and it's like, man, they just keep getting rewarded for doing the, bad, the wrong thing, and nobody knows, nobody sees it. Eventually, it comes calling. Like, eventually, the truth comes out. Eventually, everybody knows what happens. If you look through history, you will see a lot of people who, who at the time, they got away with it, but now we're like, oh, wow, look what they did. And, and it's like, well, can I get away with it for a while? Sure. Can I lie to my parents all the time? Sure. Can, can I be somebody else at school and somebody else at home and somebody else out in the world? Sure. But it's going to affect your life greatly because you're always going to be looking over your shoulder and you're always going to be afraid that everything's going to come out. You're going to be afraid that people at school are going to find you at church and see that you're different. You're going to be afraid that people at church are going to find you at home and see that you're different. You're going to be afraid that your parents are going to talk to somebody out in the streets for some reason and that knows you and knows what you've done. You're going to always be afraid and that's no way to live. And so people that get away with it, absolutely, the world is filled with that. But eventually the truth comes out and eventually they pay. And I got to tell you, the best case scenario for them is to pay in this world. Because to not to get away with everything in this world and then to pay eternally, that's way, way, way beyond worse. And, and so the proverb there is saying it's always better to admit when you're wrong. It's always better to admit when you've sinned. It's always better to not conceal what you've done because it's going to come out. Whenever your parents start, like you come home and they're like, hey, how did you really do on that test? They already know you cheated. They, they do. Like whenever your teacher calls you up and is like, hey. Let me, tell me about how you got this answer. They already saw you copying. So don't cheat a and admit when you've done something wrong. When the police officer says to Rob, do you know how fast you've been going? I See, Rob has consequences for yesterday. And so when people, when the police officer goes to Rob and is like, do you know how fast you've been going? Whatever answer Rob gives, the police officer already knows because he has a radar gun. So don't conceal what you've done. Be honest. Be truthful. Be who you are. And don't be like so many people are like, oh, yeah, well, again, only God can judge me. Now, technically, that's true. God's judgment is what matters. But when you say only God can judge me, you don't have any control over me. Again, that's true. 
but it's usually just an excuse to be a jerk to people. It's usually just an excuse to sin. When you say YOLO, it's mostly just an excuse to be stupid. And so stubborn people, when you're so stubborn, like I've always done it this way, I'm going to do it this way. Or this is what I think. I don't care that 150 people just told me it was stupid. I'm going to do it anyway. Don't. Don't be stupid. Like legit, David could have saved himself so much grief if he had stopped when they said she's married. But he kept going. And then he could have said after that, man, Uriah, I, I did an awful thing, and i got to tell you about it. That would have been extraordinarily hard, but, and Uriah probably wouldn't have been like, oh, okay, we're cool. Now, David's the king, and Uriah's not going to punch him, but it would have been embarrassing, and David would have felt awful. But, again, would have stopped there. Instead, he kept going, and he kept adding, and he kept covering. Whenever you do something wrong and you lie, you keep lying. You keep covering it up. It becomes a snowball, and you drag it around with you. And, and eventually it becomes a frozen snowball, and you get caught up in it, and it hurts you and everybody else around you. And don't try to look into the logic that it's true. And so the point is, don't conceal who you really are. Don't conceal what you've done. Nothing you have done is so bad that it is worth living a life without God. Nothing you have done is beyond forgiveness. It's always going to be forgiving. And I will tell you, I don't know your parents, your families. They will always forgive you. Again, there may be consequences. But if you go to them, they will always help you. They may yell. But if it's something serious, if it's something that you're super in pain, super hurting, super in trouble, they're going to help you first and yell later. That's how it works. And, and, and you know, same with me, with the adults here. Like, we will listen. We will help you in any way that we can. But all of that aside, God will always forgive you and he will always help you to find a way. So learn from David's mistakes. Learn from how he did. A man after God's own heart, a man who is a biblical hero, who the Jews still think of as the most amazing person ever, who is in the line of the Messiah. Jesus referred to himself as in the line of David. That, that's a big deal. And he could have broken it all if he had been stubborn and said, whatever. But even though he sinned and did awful things, he said, God, forgive me. And God forgave him, and he learned from it. So be willing to admit when you're wrong. Be willing to admit when you mess up and learn from it. That is the most important thing to do. Learn from it and know that you are always loved. That's all I got.